From the Rodney Kieferi Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In part two of this special episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Thompson talks to us about the evolution and trends of our industry in 2021, some practical advice for coaches trying to navigate their way through our industry, and some stories from the golden age of strength conditioning. All this in another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. This episode is brought to you by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF certified gold standard whey protein powder in 10 pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. ON even released ready to drink cartons of their gold standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with ON to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements and ON continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products, or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact ON's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at ON underscore athletics underscore West, or email rkravitz at glambia.com. And now, part two of our interview with Coach Ron Thompson. So, you've seen our industry throughout basically all the phases. And like you said, when you first got in, there are only 20 spots in existence. And now, you said, you know, we can probably go online and find 20 open spots right now uh, for it. Uh, And, you know, what do you think? about the current state of our industry and I'd say maybe pre COVID. So like, what were you thinking about, you know, how our industry in the direction we were going before COVID happened? And then we'll all follow that up with. Well, before COVID. COVID. Yeah. Um, and, and it's still something like I brought up earlier in the conversation, but and one Ethan Reeves at board on the board and he's a president of the association and, We've talked about it numerous times. We see each other at the conference. More and more are coming to it, I think, for two reasons. One is an individual, and you've been there. You haven't been to many yet because of the, the virus, but you've been to the, the association's meeting, right? So you've had your exam. You had, you know, the, you meet all the new younger kids there, Okay. The thing that we have noticed being in this thing for many years is an example is when you have the master's strength coaches dinner over the last four or five actual insight conferences, there's less and less of those kids coming to it. It's free. It's a master's dinner. 
And each year there could be 15 people, there could be seven people. But the point is, it's free. It's part of being in this profession. It's part of this. They don't come. It gets less and less. Chuck talks about it. We all talk about it. Where are they at? You go out in the lobby after the the dinner, they're just hanging out like it, it's like a party. They don't get the idea that, yeah, you're in the profession and you've got a GA somewhere. You might be an assistant somewhere. But are you handling it professionally? I think that in that case, they eventually get to the point where something happens and they don't like it. They leave and they move on to commercial or private or whatever, or they don't do it anymore. You know, that, 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 that thing bothers me a lot. And I think that's growing. I think it's growing. Part of that is, like I said earlier, the university, the ADs, you know, human re- relations, uh, um, you know, the department, that type of thing, ADs, I've got to step forward. And this is one of the things he and I talked about is that I think that somebody in the committees have got to come to the NC2A and say, Hey, if we're going to say that this is important to the athletic department and all sports, sports medicine, injury reduction, all those kind of things, then you've got to make it a point where number one, if you hire a head person, like happened here in Oregon, what, four years ago? That guy wasn't even certified. He was certified by the U.S. Track and Field Federation in strength and conditioning by paying 45 bucks and took a weekend's course. They had the uh, Ramda uh, incident. He's been bounced out. He's, not, he's no longer even in the field anymore. Why do you hire those people? But the AD just lets the head coach Taggart take care of that and moves forward. And here you have a problem or somebody else comes in and well, an example is a guy that followed us in the staff after we left Purdue. He's there for a while. I got to know him a little bit. He's, he's kind of quirky, but he ended up leaving Purdue and went up to Kent state. Kent state guy had a kid die. I mean, I never want to see a kid die. I'll tell you that, you know, and he, they went through and investigated. He didn't have a fucking degree. I'm sorry to say that. He didn't have one. He didn't have one. I'm like, how do you hire these people? Who's, who's, the, who's the person in charge that says, well, that's okay. We'll, do, we'll worry about that later. You can't do that. Then I think, okay, the guy that was a head guy after we left at Purdue, you hired him there. And God knows he probably didn't have it then. I mean, why do you do those things? That's, that, that bothers me a lot. I think that's going to hurt our profession. It's going to hurt the younger kids to stay in it. Then is there enough money to keep these kids moving up to where, okay, you've been, a, you've been an intern, you've been a GA. Now in three or four years, is there going to be a position somewhere else that's got enough money to get you to be an assistant somewhere? Or are you going to make... Twenty, thirty thousand dollars, and you're an assistant. Some people will take that, but I just, I just don't see it happening. You know, it's hard. It's money. It's economics. But those are the things I see as problems. You know, um, 
you know, I'm not sure that I love all the trainers that I've ever worked with. I, I've had great relationships with them all my career, but I, I, I'm not sure where the trainers are going. You know, are they going to be behind us? You know, they're all kind of sitting back going, I'm not sure about this and who's going to handle it. You know, it's those kind of things that bother me the most. Definitely. And, you know, COVID came in and kind of threw everything and not just strength and conditioning, literally the whole, all of economics on its head. But, you know, what do you think in your experience and having seen our industry through so much is the direction that strength and conditioning is going to evolve through like post COVID uh, in the post COVID world? Well, in, in one simple answer, who knows? I don't, I don't know if you do. We know that we have to keep the room clean. We have to social, you know, distance them. We have to bring in X number into the weight room or outside for a workout on the field, whatever it may be in the gym. So as time goes on, like you said, if we get completely over this virus, I mean, it is gone or it's gone for a while. I, I, I don't know. You know, do you just go back the way you used to do it? I wouldn't say why not if you have that kind of luxury. But if it's still kind of hanging and it's not as bad as it was, then you're going to have some type of somebody, the, the, the liability people, administrators, the health people, county, state, is going to say, well, we got to do this and this. Does it stay the same? I don't know. If it got better, I would think they'd want to loosen up. But how much, how many kids can you have? I don't know. You know, it's like when I left and they hired two people after me at Highlands and I asked a couple of people that work in administration, how, how, how are you handling this? Because that never got started. I had left, you know, so it's like, well, because before I actually left and retired, you know, I had the stroke. I had to come back. And then by the time I was back, it was a done deal. You're not going to work. You're not in the building. You're not doing this. And I go to the weight room and do my work and sit there thinking I'm going to be there for a while and that thing. But then I get from our health director, our president, the state. I had to put a sign up says because this, this and this social distancing all that nobody's coming in here. It's, it's completely closed. That's the end of that. So you're looking at a lot of things that we're all sitting there every day like, well, how am I going to handle this? I mean, in all honesty, thank God I'm out of that right now because I don't have to. I mean, I got to worry about other things, but the only thing I'm thinking about is when we get our house in Boise and our land, I put a little, you know, 30 by 30 little barn out there. I'll bring somebody in there. They'll come, you know, and you can handle it differently. It's like Alan. I don't know if you see Alan in his Facebook. Yeah, yeah in his garage. He's doing a tremendous yeah. job. You know, he's got, it's all right there for him. But, you know, that's the kind of thing you want to do. But otherwise, down the road, it's, boy, I, I, I don't have an answer. I hope it's gone and we're perfectly safe and everything's right. But somebody's going to have something to say. There's going to keep some type of safety involvement, whether it's better or not. It's just, that's just the way they're going to be. Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. And, and you had mentioned, you know, getting a barn up there. And I, I'd known, had talked to you previously, you had plans of getting a few pieces of equipment and, you know, just keep it going. Yeah. Now, what, what's, the, what's the drive behind that, Coach? You've, you've done so much, you know, coaching and, and you've, you've been there so much, you, even in retirement you're still working, you're still going to plan yeah. on working hard. And is it you just know, something that's in inside you or what's, what's that drive come from? It's inside me. You know, it's just like any football, baseball coach, you know, they are, you know, it's like when I go over to like the first day I go over to Oregon state to see a summer workout. So they're outside, they're in groups. So you got a group comes in, Mike takes them out on the field warms them up, goes through an hour and a half of conditioning. Then they go, that group goes in the weight room for about another hour of lifting. Then they have break, they clean it. Another group comes in and does the same thing. And I said, he says, how, how, how are we doing this? Why are we doing it this way? You know, they, it's just, it's just, they, they don't understand, you know, that type of thing. Um, I just enjoy it. He says, coach, why'd you come over here? I said, you know why I came over here? Cause I know you. And now I'm, I'm living here with our son for the time being. I want to come over and watch guys lift. I want to come over and watch guys run. And, and on some people look at like, why the hell are you doing that? That's coaching to me. To me, that's a coach. That's me. I'm, I'm, I'm that you know, old school about it. I've done it from, I, I've never had another job in my life. Never. I left high school, went to Cal Poly, got my degree, went to high school coaching and then moved on. I've never done anything else. People ask me, what would you do next? And I said, you know what? I don't have a clue. So for me to sit and have something that, you know, few people, it could be just your typical garage gym. It could be adults, whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to Boise because the head strength coach at Boise State was one of my former players. The head coach was one of my former, you know. So there's a lot of people there I know. I'm not there. I don't want any of the Boise State players coming over. I don't want to. You know, I mean, it's just not the right way to do it. Some people might. I'm not doing that because I have, I have respect for them. I've coached there. I started the program. That's not what I want. But if somebody else came – high school kids, adults, fine. We'll do something with it. That's just the way I am, you know, so. No, definitely. That, that's that's a good thing to hear, and it keeps everybody else inspired around you. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I want to, at least with this podcast, I don't talk too much X's and O's because I feel what works for you at Boise is different from what worked for you at Purdue and is sure. different from work, what works for me at Metro. So, I mean, just go read a book and, you know, don't hurt your athletes and just yeah. do what work, do what works for you. But yeah. I, I try to gear this podcast to, you know, coaches that are in the industry and I, much like my internship, I don't like to romanticize what we do. Like, you know, it's cool to, we get some gear and we get to be on sidelines and whatnot, but the reality of what we do is it's a very tough industry and I want to just better prepare coaches for what they're about to see. So what is some advice you'd give to a a younger strength coach that's just coming off a a GA or just coming off an, an internship or something? What was, what's a piece of advice you'd give to that coach? Um, Well, first of all, I look back at myself at that age. When I was a high school 
football coach, teacher, and then took care of the strength. I went to local places like I was in Central California. I'd go down and watch USC and UCLA practice. I'd call somebody. If I went to the, you know, I started the NSCA. And so when that came about and I went to conferences, I'm looking around like, who are these guys? Well, that's when I got to know Pete Martinelli. Pete Martinelli, we'd sit in a room, drink beer all day, and he'd just talk about periodization. He'd talk about, you know, what what this is going to be done during this time and what he feels like he wants to be done at Oklahoma, all those things. And then eventually, as I got better and better and I got into jobs, um, well, like for an example, for many jobs, not all, but some, especially like Boise, uh, Auburn, um, even SMU, uh, Marshall, quite a few of them. When I had like spring breaks and time and the, you know, the department gave me a few bucks, I'd find a spot within a day's drive. And I'd go over there and talk to that strength coach. You know, like one time at Boise, I decided, you know what, this year I got the money. I flew to Chicago and I visited the Chicago Bears. I visited Illinois State. I visited Illinois, Purdue, Notre Dame in, in one entire eight, nine day spring break week and flew back home. You learn. That's what I'm saying to them is learn. It's like some of yours. I know we've talked on the phone before. What can I do to do that? I said, well, you're lucky in the fact that you're in Denver. Okay. There's the university of Colorado. Go speak to those people. There's either one person and there's many people, Colorado state. Um, you know, uh, I don't even know who's now at Northern Colorado, but they had one. Uh, you could go to the pro, you could go down and see Allen, you know, those kind of things. You've got to get out and be expand yourself to meet coaches, learn about how they're doing things that particular day, or ask them questions about, like I said, training, development, you know, the methodology, what are they doing? How has it been that way? And if you have a chance later on, you can drive from Denver to Kansas, or you can drive to, you know, Texas, go do it if you can. That's what I feel like. And then if you're at a conference and you can go and you know that person, you sit down, most of the time they're going to talk to you. They're going to help you out. You know, I, I, I've sat with so many people and talked about training. They were pretty much doing the same thing themselves, just talking. So it was just a conversation we're having. That to me is a big thing as far as a young person, but as far as even now, why are you coming over to watch me lift, coach? Because I know you. You played for me. I want to see this go on. Not a big deal to me. You know? We'll be right back. Woodway is a company that has been designing and building treadmills and equipment for the long run since 1974. Each of their treadmills is designed with the revolutionary slat belt running surface, which is both lightweight and durable. It is specifically designed to absorb energy at the point of impact, eliminating harmful shock to joints and connective tissues. 
100% of the NFL, NBA, and MLB teams and 60% of NHL teams utilize Woodway products to optimize their training. Woodway's Curved Treadmill was released in 2009 and boasts a completely self-powered manual training experience that does not require any electricity. This unique piece of equipment allows athletes to run at any pace they choose and burn up to 30% more calories than the regular treadmill. Other unique offerings from Woodway include the Curve Trainer, Curve XL, Forefront, and Pro Treadmills. Each treadmill offers features that are fit for every athlete. The silent and energy efficient product from Woodway has resulted in 50% electricity savings for owners. If you're looking for equipment that is built to last and will improve and provide each of your athletes an experience like no other, check out Woodway today at woodway.com. Definitely. And, and what would be a piece of advice for a new head coach? Maybe they've, you know, they've been an, an assistant, full-time assistant for a while. They've done their time and they finally got that dream job of, of being a new head strength coach. What's some advice you give to that coach? Well, it's not much different. You know, hopefully through the years as an assistant GA moving up to that ranking, they've learned They've talked to enough people. They've watched things. They've gone to conferences, you know, whatever it may be. You know, the, the old conversation, like I've told your interns, get on the phone. When you have free time, call this person, this person, this person, you know, and give them five, six names, females, males. Ask them questions. If they'll talk to you, you'll call them back. They, they are like that. Um, any new person. I mean, you can look around much of the, well, you can look at the power fives and, you know, all the major places you get new guys coming in. I've never heard of them before, but they come into Florida or they come into Mississippi state or they come in here or there. They've been with those coaches. So somewhere they've learned what that coach wants and how's it done or they've learned from others in the past, but you do. You just have to learn it. And then when it's your turn, you're stepping up to the plate that day. You better be ready because nowadays, I mean, I, I don't care what level you're coaching at. If you're not doing it right and kind of looking, you know, quirky, kids will know it, you know, yeah. they'll know it. Yeah, definitely. Now that's some great advice. And, you know, if, if you could pick up your phone, and call Ron Thompson in 1982, right when he was about to start at SMU, what would you tell him? Wow. I'd say, wow, what an opportunity I had. Because any one day, again, going back to who you had and how many, well, during my time at SMU, we had the uh, 84 Olympics. So kids that were getting ready for the 84 Olympics, so those four years, basically, um, they, 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 were, they were tremendous athletes, you know, worked hard. And for me to walk in, and one day I've got Michael Carter, a silver medalist in a shot put, who has come to me after a football season and – us coaches sit down and say, what are we going to do? We made a 16 week 
mode for him. Set him up right after the football season, give him a little rest, and he moves on to indoor track, outdoor track, Olympic trials that whole time. So that was something that, wow. I mean, I know how to train. I don't know how to train. I know, but I don't know. So I'm watching. We're all talking to him, and we know what he does. But then there's times he's asking questions like, what about this? And I'm like, that's a pretty good idea. I got I got probably 10 Olympic and some of them gold medalist swimmers, basketball players, um, track and field athletes that are playing, you know, the, the, the gold medalist four by one team, four by four team from Sweden was there. They're our team, you know, they're our team. And I'm like, how are you going to handle it back home? If you go home, this and this and this. So you learn from it, but I'm sitting back thinking, I got Eric Dickerson. The next day I got Eric Dickerson. I got to work with Eric. I got to take him and Craig James. We had probably eight all pro athletes on that football team for those years. Craig's a hall of famer. You know, one of the first things people asked me about him, what was the, what was the funniest thing you had? You know what I had was after we had a practice and we had to have a weight room session Head guy takes me. He says, where the fuck is Eric? I said, I'll find him. I go down to the locker room. He's sitting in his locker and he's got reporters all around him, all over Dallas and the nation. He's the number one running back in the world. And I said, hey, uh, I mean, I was 27 years old. So I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to handle this? I walk right up. As soon as they got a break, I stepped right in. I said, hey, we got to go to the weight room right now. You got to work out. Don't waste time. They'll talk to you later. He got up, went right with me back down the hallway and did it. You know, you find those things. So it's just uh, what, what I found out, man, it was just like, wow. Every day was a wow. Who I worked with, what they knew, what we're doing with them, how they performed, and you just watch this year after year, and you're like, wow. Now, we got in some trouble. You had the death penalty. But leading up to all that, you're just sitting there thinking, wow, who are these people? One day, I haven't told this much because it's a lot of people don't believe me. But during the time I was there, for six weeks, you know who walked in our door and asked all of us to train her? And I ended up, help, I helped her the most is Martina Natralova. Oh, wow. Okay. Number one world tennis champion. Tennis, she yeah. She lived oh, in yeah. Dallas. She knew about us and just wanted to come over here. And she came over and talked to us. And she stayed for six weeks training. And I was like, wow, I'm working with who? That's who <laughs> I'm working. I'm like, wow. How? I mean, I'm fortunate to get into that situation. But here I am walking in. We had a track coach. Our head track coach is one of the best throws coach in the world at the time. Besides Michael and a few others we had, we had um, different ones from Great uh, Great Britain, uh, other places, Javelin. All of a sudden, during, the, during parts of the year, he wants to have 
all the different Olympians that had won gold medals in years past. And they came in to just train. He came in and helped them. And I'm sitting there thinking one day, this guy walks in the door and I know who he is. I watched him in three different Olympic games. And here he is training. I'm like, oh my God, talking to him and watching them train and listening to how they do it. They're in a whole different level, but you're sitting there thinking, wow, how am I doing this? So that, that, that'd be one thing is, wow. You know, and there's other schools, but I mean, as far as that, I probably didn't have as many really top level Trent champions in multiple sports, mm. but you did. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's great. And what's next for, you know, coach, coach Thompson, I know, like you said, we've, you got the storied career and, and, and you just officially retired, at least from collegiate athletics. What's what's next for you? Well, what my wife and I have talked about is we're getting a house and we're going to buy an acre of land, put it somewhere outside of Boise, 20, 25 miles and just kind of be out in the farming type area. And I don't want to be in the city. And uh, after we do that, we're going to buy an RV we're just going to travel around, you know, our, my retirement is my retirement. You know, if I have a little gym, I'll have a gym. Other times I'll close it. We'll be gone for two or three weeks back. So kind of come and go. It's retirement. People ask me all the time, like, can we do this? When can we do this? I'll tell you what, we can do it anytime you want. I'm retired. (laughs) (laughs) And what's the first place you want to go to in that RV? Boy, I'd probably say, depending on the weather, like right now, I'm not going up to Montana and Yellowstone and Glacier, but I do want to go up there in Tetons. I love that area. I'd probably go down to maybe like Lake Tahoe, even down to Arizona, see a lot of friends. You know, if we can get to California, a lot of friends, my hometown's there. You know, and I don't want to go. Personally, I don't want to go much over from over to Texas and further east. I've, I've been there a lot. I just don't want to do it. I just, I just want to spend some time and get out and see some things, enjoy our life and just retirement, enjoy our time together, see good things that we've seen before, but we haven't been there in a while. Come back to the house, go again, maybe go to games in different places. Who knows? Mm. You know. Yeah, definitely. No, that's if they let you in the like stadium. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, hopefully, here soon they will. And and it sounds like the dream. And and what's a, a good way for our listeners to reach out or just find out a little bit more about you if they want to follow up and 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 pick your brain a little bit. And like you said, always always be learning. What's what's one of your preferred ways they do that? Well, the biggest, the biggest thing for me is somebody like you had, you know, in the past had those interns call me at Highlands and anybody else or anybody's got a question and it brings up to me, just tell them to get, you know, you've got my cell, you've got my email. Those are the two best ways you can get a hold of me. They can leave a message and I'll get back with them. But if somebody's out there and wants uh, info, training, development, um, age levels, you know, from coaching high school all the way up, all these things and whys and hows. I'd love to help them. 
Absolutely. No, that's great. And, you know, I want to thank you for being on the podcast and, and thank you for, I knew I had to get you on here and I have a lot of respect for your career and everything you've done for our profession. So, you know, thank you. And thank you for sharing some of those stories. I think it's a good thing to, for a lot of coaches now, no matter what, or how old you are to see someone who's started out there in its infancy you, you help start the nsca you help start the cscca and you've been nothing but a strength coach your whole career and, and retired a strength coach it's a pretty powerful thing well isaiah i appreciate it very much and and uh you know everything you've done uh you know i've enjoyed talking with you and we'll continue that in the future um but a lot of coaches out there like i said you talked to a lot of the guys that are in the mentor and a little older they're going to be much the same they are because they've been in it long enough. That's like I was saying earlier, they've been in it long enough. So that's how they feel. And that's how they want to, they want to give back that way. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you coach. And, and, and good luck and enjoy it being outside yep. of Boise and hopefully yep. that the RV and everything else comes here soon. Will do. I'll be in touch with you too. All right, coach. Thank you. Right, take care. Bye-bye. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. This episode is brought to you by Play. Play is a company that I've personally been working with from the start. Everyone at Play works to help strength coaches innovate and find solutions for our profession. From flooring, weight room equipment, outdoor spaces, and everything in between, Play will collaborate with you to find what you need. They work with everyone from professional teams to high schools, and they've always made me feel important and a part of the Play family. Refuse second best with Play. Find them at play.us and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.